Well, Diane, I'm back. Special Agent Jacob Lee reporting that things are under control here. For the time being, anyways. The raging fire we saw from above is under control, and whatever of those Nazi, henchmen, mercenary, whatever you want to call them, were left standing didn't exactly put up a hard fight. Though we thought the real trouble might come from those so-called supervillains on board, but, uh, we haven't found any yet. Stepping into the ballroom slash auction space now. Oh, that explains it. We've got eyes on one of the nutcases, Diane. Corpse is a little too charbroiled to tell, but the wheelchair indicates it was probably the hare himself. The asset's containment tank is here, but it's busted open. Glass and medical solution around the outside, as well as... Oh, nice. Throw up. F9, F2 is nowhere to be found. Some of the other artifacts are missing as well. Ultimately, besides us Pantheon agents, there's no real signs of life yet. We'll keep looking, but the ship's sinking fast. Murder Mystery Night, the podcast. I'm your host, Riley Walton, and here to introduce themselves in order of how much they're going to help me with my Tinder profile are your players. Hi, my name is Benjamin Lambert. I am playing your favorite assassin, Snake Root. Hi, I am Mahala Whitecloud playing uh, White Zombie's girlfriend, uh, Masquerade. I'm Yasir, and I'm playing General Disdain. You sound so, so happy. Sad. You sound so disdained. Exactly, that's the point. Thank you. I got you, Thank boo. You. I got you, boo. You know, I'm in character already. And without further ado, dear listener, allow me to set the scene. As the emergency lights kick on all across the Ormengander, confusion erupts. The hall of supervillains are left staring at an empty, broken glass tube, a leather-bound journal lying on the ground, and a charred corpse of a man who was once the most feared arms dealer in the supervillain community. I'm gonna go to my players. Let's start with... Masquerade. So with the emergency lights on, the first thing I'm gonna do is look down at myself and see what appearance I'm donning right now. Uh, you look just like you're in your normal costume that you've been in. You've got your tuxedo pants and coat over top of a black and purple sort of leather bodysuit and your your masquerade mask in the shape of a crow and your blonde hair and your green eyes and your heart full of song are we doing tinder profiles already the first thing i think i'm going to do um is inspect the type of burns on mr hair Akinator. Walking up to Hair Akinator, these are like third-degree burns. He looks like a... You ever stick a marshmallow right into the fire? Always while thinking of my enemies. Right, yeah, that's exactly what this guy looks like. But in addition to the burned flesh, mm -hmm. you can see that he is covered in boils. Ugh. He's greasy. He sort of smells of skunk. And curiously, 
you can't see any burn marks anywhere around him. And even his oxygen tanks on the back of his wheelchair are completely intact. Can I tell if they're... Um, I'm just trying to determine, because I know there's been a lot of poison and acid. Um, are they acidic burns, does it appear as? or These are like burns from a microwave. As you continue to inspect the body, I am going to move over to... General Disdain. General, you can see the crowd in the room has erupted into confusion, and you can see that Masquerade has made her way over to the dead body. What are you going to do? I'm going to make sure that uh, Mr. Mountain wasn't a part of this and go look for him so that there's no attention brought on me by accident. Mr. Mountain, you can see him. He is over by where the doors to the auction room normally would be, but now they're sealed shut like fire doors would be. And he's trying to open them. He can't get his fingers in there to open them. He's pounding on the metal. Nothing's working out. Seeing him struggle, I run over there and try to pull open the door while he's banging on it. Uh, As you approach the doorway, Mr. Mountain sees you coming up, and he moves so that he's only holding one side of the door, and he tells you, General, grab the other end of the door. I'll pull one way you pull the other. Sure. He positions himself on uh, one end of the door. You position yourself on the other. Can you roll for athletics? With uh, 12, you two just barely managed to get part of the door open, and the breeze and the smell of the salty sea comes wafting into the room. It's a little too thin for you. You would need somebody a bit more live. We're going to go over to Snake Root. Snake Root, as you look around, you can see... Mr. Mountain and General Disdain are attempting to open the door to the outside. You can see that Masquerade is inspecting the body. You can see that Dr. Pestilence is not really doing anything, standing at the back of the room. You can see that White Zombie is clutching her stomach sickly as she approaches the containment tube that has now been busted open. Which direction are you going to go? Snake Root's going to head up um, over towards um, the charred corpse and masquerade. I am going to try to covertly yoink that um, little, um, what's it called? Notebook. You make your way up to the stage, and you're looking down, and you can see in a pile of broken glass and medical solution, there lies the leather-bound journal, and on its cover, in gold lettering, the words, An Unabridged History of Mankind. But, unfortunately, you can also see White Zombie approaching. She's clearly sick, but she can see what you're doing. What are you gonna do in this situation? Uh, Root is going to look at White Zombie and say, Well, White Zombie, looking quite like your namesake, huh? She opens her mouth to answer you, But all that comes out is her lunch. Her body has rejected the poison, and she is puking back out just about everything she's eaten today. It lands a little bit on you, but mostly on the floor, including on top of the journal. Following this, she collapses face first onto the stage. Snake Root is not someone to pass up an opportunity, no matter how disgusting it seems. So I'm still going to pick up the journal um, under the pretense that I will wash it later. I tell myself in my head over and over. And then I'm going to... Masquerade's pretty close by, right? She's standing directly behind you. Which does mean, Masquerade, you've just 
heard a loud, disgusting vomit and seen a woman with some weird ideas on race just collapse on the stage into a pile of her own throw-up and broken glass and medical solution. Do I notice that uh, Snake Root has picked up the book? You can see them standing back up, but you can't see... You don't know what they were doing bending over. Okay, so the next thing Masquerade's going to do, she is going to check on the vomiting uh, white zombie, make sure she's not standing in any of the glass, or kneeling, I guess. Masquerade, you rush around Snake Root and kneel next to white zombie. Putting a finger on her neck, you can see that she's still alive and you can see that she's still breathing, but she is out cold. Snake Root, what are you doing? Uh, Masquerade, I'm sure this is probably not great for the situation, but ultimately we're stuck in this room right this moment. Uh, Mr. Mountain and General Disdain are over there. They got a door cracked open. Looks like they're a little bit too uh, wide to get through. I don't think there's anything we can do for White Zombie at this point. What if we just go on out of there and assess our options out of this chaos? I suppose that's probably the best idea. Have you checked on uh, Pestilence? You know, something tells me he is not the biggest fan of me, so I'm going to just leave that alone for right now. We could, you know, we could just both of us slip out of the room and then just close the door. Snaker, um kind of contemplates this whole situation and realizes that they could just leave. I do have the notebook, but ultimately, having seen what this future um, being can do, I do want to stay a little bit and figure things out because on its own, especially in the hands of some of the people here, this being is going to be very bad for the things Snake Root cares about. Um, and I do want to get this under wraps. I don't really care too much. I'm actually happy um, that that Nazi guy died because, you know, fascism is bad. Um, and I'm a supervillain, but not that bad. But I'll probably end up solving it along the way because I am smart. I appreciate that insight, but I'm still not entirely sure what you're doing. <laughs> I'm eating out of here, but not permanently. All right, cool. So you... <laughs> You approach the door, I take it? I am, in fact, approaching the door as you take it. Also with Masquerade with me. Are either of you guys going to grab White Zombie or you're just going to leave her there? So no. So leaving White Zombie to her unconscious state, you two take to the doorway where Mr. Mountain and General Disdain have been able to open but a small crack in the heavy metal doors. And from the corner of the room, you can see... Dr. Pestilence is still watching you. As you approach General Disdain and Mr. Mountain, we're going to ask General Disdain what he thinks of all this. Hey, y'all, look, regardless of what just happened, I don't really care right now, as you can tell by my namesake. I just want this door open, so one of you grab that side, one of you come to this side, we get in the body here. Well, uh, General Disdain, I know you are looking for allies in this situation. Um, you and Mr. Mountain are quite large, so why don't we play to our strengths here? Masquerade and I will go on through and try to find something from the other side, because we're not going to be able to help you out much with the pulling. Y'all are strong. We're we're spindly. Masquerade, you give you a chance um, to do something. I want to take a peek, because I know Pestilence is watching us, and I'm very suspicious of this gentleman. Can I gather what the look is on his face? Uh, unfortunately... That hazmat suit is tinted glass. 
So instead of trying to insight check pestilence, I will approach said opening in the door and look at the both of them. I know we've had our differences, but you aren't going to try and swish me when I peek through, are you? I'm past that. Now that the guy who was selling all the... If, if any of us were better than him, per se, and he just died first night at his boat, his auction, I'm not trying anything. I really... We should work together. Trust me. This is disgustingly wholesome. I'm going to slip through the door now. Masquerade, just before you slip through the door, a massive hand blocks your entrance. Uh, just to call your attention as Mr. Mountain glares down at you. Josie, it's not that I don't trust you. I would simply like to make it clear that if you abandon us here, my men will see fit that a Campbell family reunion takes place sooner rather than later. Masquerade simply cocks her head at him a little bit, and there's a bit of a knowing smile that spreads on her face. Not agitation. In fact, it's oddly a little warm. As she says, Well, I don't take offense to this, but perhaps we shouldn't keep up threats that we uh, can't uphold ourselves to. And besides, I want to get off this boat just as badly as you do. Let me see what I can find on the other side. Mr. Mountain removes his hand from the blocking of the doorway. Fine, Josie. Be my guest. And with his other hand, shoves you through roughly. <laughs> uh, look, just roll for vigor. You hit your head on the metal of the door, stumble, and crash into the hardwood floor beneath you, taking three damage. Snake Root, having seen this happen, what is your course of action? All right, so Snake Root is looking at what just happened, kind of analyzing the situation, realizing that, oh, Mr. Mountain doesn't like me. Um, and so I'm going to kind of hedge my bets here. Um, I'm going to put my cane in my left hand, and I'm going to start going through the door with my right side first, and as my torso is going through the door, I'm going to very quickly move to a sprint and start to hop over to my right, and with my left hand, I'm going to cattle prod Mr. Mountain. A lot going on there. So, roll for athletics. Oh, 20. With a hop, skip, and a jump, you make your jaunty little way out the door, and you're able to tase Mr. Mountain on your way out, causing him to release his side of the door, which comes crashing in on General Disdain's fingers. Roll for me, bud. Taking three damage. The door slams shut. A loud clank emanating throughout the auction space, leaving the henchmen, White Zombie, General Disdain, Mr. Mountain, and Dr. Pestilence on one side of the wall as Snake Root and Masquerade stand free on the outside of the ship. I should have fucking known it. They would betray me. I should have known it. Listen, Mr. Mountain, you see Dr. Pestilence over there? He was staring at us the entire time from when we started trying to get the door open to when they came over and helped us. I want you to go up there, start a conversation with him, and then grab him. Grab him, put him in a full Nelson, and I'm going to handle the rest. I brought something. Mr. Mountain uh, seems shocked that you would deign to give him orders, that you would dare instruct the head that wears the ironic crown. And instead of doing what you've told him, 
he simply calls out, Doctor, your assistance is needed. As Dr. Pestilence nonchalantly strolls over to where you two are, and we are going to switch outside the door. So Masquerade stands herself back up, still laughing pretty dryly because she's annoyed, but now laughing because she just watched uh, Mr. Mountain get zapped. I suppose I should be thanking you. Don't thank me quite yet. I need to know what you're about, because from where I'm standing, you're looking pretty hurt, and if you're a threat, it's pretty easy to finish off a threat here. Last I checked, you're not the one with weapons under their suit. I'm not your enemy, but I know a place we might be able to find answers if you're so inclined to not kill me and see me more as a temporary ally. I'm willing to oblige here, but I need to know something at least, to know who I'm working with. I've worked with someone before who you've made acquaintances with who didn't have the right set of beliefs and we parted ways with her in a pile of vomit in that ground over there. So I noticed. So, what do you stand for? Initially, I stood for taking back what the world took from me. Living a life of evil and stealing from others. It felt good for a while. Working for Thok has its difficulties, as there is quite literally flame in my veins if I don't continue to follow them. But now, as I've learned what this future is and what this weapon could mean, I think my only objective right now is to make sure it doesn't hurt anyone else, including myself. So, that's my honest answer. Let's circle back real quick. You're saying there's some kind of incendiary agent in your blood? That's exactly what I'm saying, yes. If I fail to comply to Thok's desires, I will quite literally explode. Now hear me out. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this yet, given that ever since uh, Hare over there uh, quite literally combusted from the inside. Now you're saying that's a part of Thok, yeah? That's correct. Uh, who else from Thok is here tonight? Well, I believe the only other representative other than myself is Dr. Pestilence. So you think he's responsible for this, then? I don't know if he's the sole party responsible, but it would stand to belief that he is somehow involved. Well, then I think it's best before Dr. Pestilence gets out of the door and decides to fry me that I show you what I've found. All right, lead on. And we will cut away from you two. And we are back inside the auction room as Mr. Mountain and General Disdain stand next to the door. Dr. Pestilence makes his approach. General, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say something if you want to right here. I stare furiously at Mr. Mountain and through my lips I say, What are you doing? As Dr. Pestilence walks up. I am taking advantage of the resources we have at our disposal, General. Critical thinking like this is why some people are meant to lead, and others are not. I had thought better of you. I'm trying to say something, and you should just say it right now, but if not, then I best advise that you watch your tone and just play the role that I'm about to give you as he walks up here. The only thing I'm trying to say, General, is that perhaps I had the wrong idea of you at first. The night's still young, though. I hope you, penniless and manpowerless as you are, can still prove me wrong. Doctor, 
Mr. Mountain greets Dr. Pestilence as he arrives on the scene. Look, I'm not here to start anything with you right now. There's bigger fish to fry, regardless of how much I want to... Anyway, there's bigger fish to fry. Do you have any idea on how we can get a body of here? Because our first idea went to shit because Masquerade and Snake Root decided to bounce up on us and tase one of us. Dr. Pestilence chuckles a bit to himself. Fish to fry! Let it never be said that you're not clever, General. Well, they can say you're not clever, but never let them say you're not funny. Unfortunately, everybody knows where the brains came in in our operation. Which, uh, speaking of, gentlemen, you may want to take a step back, if you please. I tap Mr. Mountain on the chest and we both step back from the door. As you two step back, Dr. Pestilence reaches up to the top of his hazmat suit and removes his helmet, revealing that he is, in fact, not a white man, as I feel like you all were assuming. Yeah. Yeah. He is an older Chinese gentleman. His skin hangs loosely off his body. He's got his hair slicked back and a nice Tony Stark-style goatee going on on his face. He also takes off one of his gloves, revealing an old, withered, wrinkly hand. He turns back to you. General, I trust you've managed to find a way to bring some firearms with you to this party? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, if it helps, we can all close our eyes and turn around. But General, Dr. Pestilence bites into his finger and smears the blood on the door of the ship. We're going to need you to shoot that target. I don't have a gun. I don't know what you're talking about. I actually followed the rules of the invitation, unlike you. Well, if you insist, any incendiary device will do. He calls out to the scores of henchmen. Does anybody have a matchbook, a cigarette lighter, anything? And uh, one of the henchmen raises his hand. Well, we're all holding guns. One of you give me your gun so I can shoot. Aye, aye, sir. And uh, uh, one of the henchmen walks over and hands you one of their assault rifles. I grab the gun from the henchman and I aim it pinpoint onto the mark of blood and shoot. Rounds fire off in rapid succession, hitting the mark of blood on the wall and causing a large explosion, blasting the doors themselves off their hinges and finally waking up White Zombie from her coma. She stands slowly to her feet and comes to join you two as you... And comes to join you three, as all four of you make your way to walk out onto the main deck. Where we will now cut back to Masquerade and Snake Root. Having heard the sound of a giant explosion behind you, you finish walking down the corridor and out to the back deck of the ship, where last time you saw your two doors. Masquerade. Uh, Masquerade, what do you want to do right now? I'm actually going to lead Snake Root with me to that hidden compartment in the security room that I found previously. There's two doors, one on your left, one on your right. What are you going to take? It was the door on the right last time. You approach the door on the right, and uh, I assume you're following Snake Root? All right. Uh, we got to do this on a clock, because best case scenario, there are three of them. Worst case scenario, there are four, plus countless henchmen. I don't know if the henchmen don't like us right now. Uh, yes, I've got it. The room we'll be in uh, is quite secret, so we might be safe inside. All right, copy that, boss. 
I'm not your, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a southern thing. The two of you rush towards the right doorway and snake root, you lose your footing for a second and you begin to slip. Luckily, you're able to catch yourself, but you can see that there's small splotches of something wet all along the deck and leading down the stairs. Did you slip? Well, I mean, the floor is covered in a very specific medical solution you might be familiar with. Oh, that's lovely. Do we want to handle that now, or do we want to do this first? Uh, as you debate your choices, you can hear hard leather boots smacking on the hardwood coming towards you, and in fact spreading out in all directions of the yacht. You know what? Uh, secret room might be a good move just for the time being. So I will very quickly lead them into the uh, security room. You make your way down into the navigation room from earlier, but looking over to the hidden door, you can see that it's actually cracked open just a bit. As you approach, you can peek inside, and it doesn't look like anybody's in there right now. So Masquerade will go ahead and uh, see what's changed in the room as the door was slightly ajar and have her weapon ready. Sneaking your way into the room, you can see there's more medical solution everywhere on the ground, but uh, the puddles are getting smaller and smaller. Even though you can tell that the person who left these footprints has since left the room, you can see that this is where the trail itself ends. You can also see a couple of the x-rays that were previously on the wall are missing. The cabinet that was previously locked to you is now closed, and on the ground, there is a single bullet casing. So I will also look at Snake Root, and I'll say, So this room's changed incredibly since I've came in here. Uh, this cabinet was previously closed, so we're in a bit of an issue. Well, we are on a clock. Why don't we try to close it up in here as best we can and investigate further without having these the villains breathing down our necks. Would I know that the door can open from the inside? Yeah, take your chances, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to seal the door. I'll close it. You close the door behind you and just in time because through the wall you can hear a couple of henchmen running down the stairs. You can also hear muffled through the wall, White Zombie and Dr. Pestilence. Dr. Pestilence swears there should be a medical area around here somewhere where they can help relieve White Zombie of her ailments, but he can't seem to see where it is. All the computers are fried. He doesn't have a map of the place. He doesn't know what he's looking for. At this point, a thought enters your mind. You remember that to get in here the first time, you had to open a small hatch that revealed a keyhole. And you ask yourself if since then that hatch has been closed. Meanwhile, inside the room, what are you two doing? We'll go with Snake Root first. Uh, Snake Root doesn't really have much context for what the room looked like before this, so investigating anything that's moved wouldn't really work best. But I, I do want to look at these puddles of medical solution and look at those further, see if I can figure out where the trail leads after it kind of abruptly stops. Well, I should feel the need to specify it doesn't stop abruptly. It sort of peters out, like whatever was wet got dry. But you can see that the footprints lead just about everywhere in the compartment. So do we think this future 
ended up obtaining her own information and deciding to leave? Well, I mean, I suppose it depends what information there is to find. Do you think anything would remain, or do you think this future would have taken it all? I suppose the best thing I would look at so far is a cabinet and see what's altered about it. The only thing that you know for certain has changed about the cabinet is that the biometric locks are now fried and that it is now open. Meaning you can just reach in there and just grab whatever you want. It is full of manila folders and dividers, but not very many labels. I'll just start skimming through them and see what I can find either about uh, Hair Akinator or the future itself. Looking through the files, you discern pretty quickly that they're all about Hair Akinator. Uh, turns out that he had some long-standing health issues. He had nerve damage from exposure to chemical agents. Uh, supposedly around the time of the 30s and 40s. He was developing lung cancer, which was very costly to treat. And approximately two weeks ago, he received three large injections of something that has been blacked out and classified. At this time, I am going to cut back to the general and the mountain. You are standing on the back deck of the ship as henchmen rush down towards the navigation area. White Zombie and Dr. Pestilence have already rushed down there. It's just you and Mr. Mountain. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to get off your chest? All right, Mr. Mountain, look, this is the plan. Or let me ask you how you feel about this. I think we should divide and conquer because both of us have muscle and they are counting us out as far as the brains go so they wouldn't expect us to you know do this they wouldn't expect us to split up because we're already supposedly as dumb as it is so how about this you go after dr pestilence because he's more likely to talk to you based on our history and you know i'll go and do something to white zombie uh mr mountain thinks for a second he considers everything you're saying and he says i will admit they have been counting us out, and I would appreciate a little less competition. Give me time, the briefest of time, to think over how this might affect my financial situation. And explain to me, General. Tell me your battle plan. Well, first I need to know that I can trust you with my life because I'm going to go fight for yours because I think we're the only two people who are truthfully capable of getting out of here. You know, bronze over brains, I'd say. An interesting philosophy, General. I've always preferred a nice, healthy mixture of both. But I suppose, in a pinch, one or the other will do fine. I think it's fair to say. And Mr. Mountain motions downstairs to where Pestilence and Zombie are that you can consider us at war. Please, General, lead the charge. The gun is that the henchman gave me is tucked away inside the back of my trench coat. You make your way down the stairs, and once you're about halfway down the stairwell, Mr. Mountain begins to follow. Uh, things are ramping up, so we're going to go back into the medical room really, really quickly. You two. Uh, well, Snake Root, um kind of not being privy to any knowledge going on right now. 
um, is going to, so I'm going to pull out the book um, that I stole, The Unabridged History of Mankind. From underneath your long green cape, you reveal the still bile-covered, leather-bound journal, An Unabridged History of Mankind. I'm going to rinse this off. Hey, uh, Masquerade, is there like a sink in here? I'd want to rinse this off real quick, and then we can look at it. Wait, so you're going to rinse off a book? I mean, it is leather-bound. I'm just going to hit the cover. Do you want to react to the fact that he has this? I think Masquerade does clock that he has the book, but since, you know, we're all villains here, I don't think she's that surprised. All right, I'm going to just clean this real quick. Uh, Do you want, like, a towel? I mean, that that uh, that robot, the wet robot, uh, probably had to dry off somehow. There's got to be a towel here somewhere. You make your way over to a small sink that's got some hand towels next to it, cleaning off and drying the book, revealing its beautiful golden lettering to you once again. You're going to open that book, I take it. Tell me what you want to see. Are you looking into the past, the present, or the future? Into the past. Where to the past? Having not been made quite privy to the knowledge of um, the hair's injection three weeks ago. Oh, I, I would have told you about that, so. Oh. I would have told you all the medical information I found. All right, awesome. Um, in which case, Snake Root is going to look three weeks into the past. And three weeks into the past, you do look exactly one month ago. You flip open the book... It tells you a couple of events, you know, uh, what was in the news at the time, how that affected uh, various political goings-ons, and you also see, looking specifically at the histories of Pantheon, the good guy spies, and Thok, the bad guy spies, you can see how these two histories overlap. You see that, yes, Herr Auchinator having fallen on financial troubles from his sickness, did in fact finally relent after decades and join up with Thok, causing him to get the nanobots injected into his blood that would cause him to be burnt alive from the inside out should he stray away from the path of the organization's leaders. But you also see something interesting about a different member of Thok. In fact, it's the one standing right next to you. There, written in purple psychic ink, as simple and plain as anything else, are the words, Masquerade Dies. Snake Root, what is your reaction? Uh, Snake Root is going to try not to give any kind of tell of any kind to know, like, so Masquerade doesn't know what they know. And then he's going to simply relay all of the events that relate to this, or they're going to simply relate all of the events that relate to this, excluding, of course, Masquerade dies. Do me a favor and roll for sneak. 19 <laughs> plus 4. I've seen shit. Uh, snake Root... Being satisfied in their first search, wants to uh, hand over the book to Masquerade. As Snake Root is handing over the book, 
They want to drop it. Accidentally, of course. You close the book and offer to hand it to Masquerade, giant air quotes, uh, extending your hand, accidentally giant air quotes, fumbling and dropping the book on the ground. Masquerade, what's your reaction? At first, it's general confusion, and she will ask openly, and you're handing this to me, why, after hiding it? Well, you've looked at the paperwork, I haven't. You've been in this room, and I haven't. I figure you probably have the better questions to ask. I suppose that's correct, and I'll reach down and grab the book. I, in one quick motion, try to swipe the mask. You're going to roll for sneak, you're going to roll for vigor. With snake root rolling 23 against masquerade's 7. Masquerade! A spindly hand reaches down faster than you can react, grabbing you by the hair and pulling. Pulling off not only your crow-shaped mask, but your blonde wig. And the green corrective lenses fall out as well. Now, kneeling on the ground is a completely unknown woman. She looks ordinary. She has dull gray eyes and faded brunette hair. She is not the woman of mystery that you knew before, at least not in the same way. Now she's simply a woman unknown. So you found more information in that book than you claimed. Now, I wasn't friends with Masquerade, and I'm not going to mourn her death. And I won't treat this as a betrayal of any kind, because, I mean, I assume you had a hand in the death of a white supremacist, so... Hey, good for you. But who are you, really? Before you can answer, gunshots resonate from outside the chamber. And we're gonna switch back to General Disdain. A handful of minutes ago, you were descending down the stairway. Uh, we're gonna go, before a fight breaks out, you're down the stairs. Uh, Mr. Mountain is a little bit above you. You can see... A good large number of henchmen in front of you, as well as Dr. Pestilence and White Zombie. They don't know what you're planning, so I'm going to give you a quick chance here. Okay. Observing the scene, I ponder who I should attack, knowing that I want one of these people gone. Dr. Pestilence being too smart and probably already suspicious of my attacks, I'm going to pull out my Colt 1911 pistol and... In the middle of the crowd of henchmen, I'm going to pierce through, aim at White Zombie, and fire. A gunshot resonates from inside the small chamber, just barely missing White Zombie, but taking off some of her dreadlocks. And the yes. bullet lodges itself in the computers of the navigation room. Everybody around turns to face you, the henchmen raising their guns. What do you do? You gonna you gonna keep fighting? You gonna Before any of you shoot, I just want you to think about this. She threw up and passed out over the same journal that Hare Octoner was holding before he died, before the lights went out. The prize weapon that we were all here for tonight. I was simply only avenging this man's death. So if you're gonna point your guns at anybody, I'd advise pointing it at her or the doctor that's been next to her since she's woken up from her coma. Some of the uh, henchmen, they start to shake a little bit, and they 
you can see they're considering it. They don't change where their weapons are pointing, but they're a lot less tense now. And some of them have their guns a little bit lower. Uh, I'm going to say this is your last chance to really do something. I pull out that henchman's gun that I had tucked away in my trench coat and I spray across the crowd. You pull out the automatic rifle that you had hidden in your trench coat. You take out a considerable number of henchmen, but before the rest can react, you feel a great dull thud at the back of your skull. Collapsing to the ground in a pile of your own blood, you look up and see above you, holding a bloodied crown, is Mr. Mountain. He steps above you and makes his way over to White Zombie and Dr. Pestilence. I'm afraid to say it, Doctor, but you were right. Some people are simply too unstable to be trusted with power. I reach for my knife. Dr. Pestilence makes his way over to you as you're reaching for your knife and steps on your hand, forcing you to drop the knife, causing you to cry out in pain. Poor Darwin, so unable to adapt. Perhaps it's fitting in the age of irony, but when you're balancing such things as world matters, there's very little time for amusement. You look like you have very little time left. I suppose that might be true, but I know how to find out the one certain way. And once I get my hands on that book, it won't matter how much time is left for me, only how much time is left for everybody else. Mr. Mountain, if you could... Please dispose of the garbage. Regardless of what you do to me, I'd be worried about yourself because I don't know if you can survive this night without getting shot or having some type of explosive, you know, trigger. As Mr. Mountain comes over and picks you up, throwing you over his shoulder. No, look at you strong. Dr. Pestilence reveals to you, if you're referring to the nanobots in my blood, there's a reason you had to shoot them to detonate them. I deactivated them myself months ago. That's the only reason why whatever signal set off the nanobots in Herr Ocinator's blood did not detonate mine as well. Of course, why Josie's still alive? Well, I have my suspicions. And the good doctor turns his eye to a keyhole on the wall. But I'm sure Miss Campbell can confirm those suspicions herself. Zombie, if you please. White Zombie stumbles over to the keyhole on the door, mumbling an almost unhearable phrase to herself. Or you can hear the pins in the lock slide in the place, but you don't know if it's because of the words that she uttered or if she did something to the lock herself. The door slowly slides open, revealing Snake Root and the woman formerly known as Masquerade. I quickly uh, look at Snake Root hearing the door and the keys start to jangle, and I pull out my incendiary pen and I start to light it, and I say, look, I'm really sorry, you don't have to trust me. Listen, the best way out of this situation is gonna be if we have something they want. Masquerade, that door is opening quick. You're holding the pen and you're holding the book. It's all up to you. I will not set the book on fire. As the door fully slides open, electricity crackles off of the hidden cattle prod in Snake Root's staff, and everybody pauses as they see a source of flame held so close to the book that they're all cherishing so dear. 
The entire room is silent and still, as Dr. Pestilence makes his way to the center. Well, I believe my suspicions were correct. You don't seem to be the Josie Campbell with whom I've become so familiar. I don't suppose you care to share your identity with us, madam? I don't see why such a thing matters if you're going to kill me the minute I give you this book. Well, you're half right. I could just kill you and take the book. Or I could set it on fire. With a snap of his fingers, the henchmen understand the order to raise their guns and point them directly at you. Here's your big shot to do something or not. The woman formerly known as Masquerade sees the guns raised at her and does smile genuinely, knowing she did fail her mission partially. But she can at least do this as she looks at Pestilence and says, I don't think you'll ever know my name. Perhaps like this, it'll also be the end of history. And I set the book on fire. As an unabridged history of mankind erupts into flames, the room erupts into chaos. Oddly enough, nobody seems to be shooting their guns. In fact, very few people seem to be coming towards you at all. They're all diving towards the book. Dr. Pestilence gets to its first and is able to stamp out what he can of the flames. However, the book is left permanently damaged. It glows a bright neon purple. And from somewhere on the ship, you can hear what almost sounds like a robotic scream. Meanwhile, Snake Roots and Masquerade, you are beset upon by henchmen. You are met with leather-clad fists, steel-toed kicks, and the butts of rifles beating you down to the ground. You left bloody masses, and you would have died had Dr. Pestilence not given the order to, to stave off your execution. Holding the mostly burnt book in his hand, he picks you up, oh mystery woman, and hands you off to two separate henchmen, demanding that they keep you quartered away for interrogation as he turns his gaze upon Snake Root lying bloody on the ground. Meanwhile, above deck, General Disdain is slumped over the shoulders of Mr. Mountain, who approaches the edge of the boat. Snow falls on the horrible New Year's Day, and on this bright new millennium, General Disdain is cast into the black, icy depths of the water, sinking further and further down until his vision becomes blurred and the world disappears around him. This has been another exciting episode of Murder Mystery Night, the podcast brought to you by Johnny Scott's Comics and Games, located at... 1703 East Main Street, Kent, Ohio. I have been your host, Riley E. Walton. You can find me at the Faker Walton on Twitter. I've been Benjamin Lambert. You can find me at the Lemon Ben on Instagram and Twitter. I've been Mahela Whitecloud. You can find me on Instagram at Menfea, or you can find me hanging out at the store. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> Yasir Pope here. You can find me on Instagram at Yasir P two underscores. Once again, this has been Murder Mystery Night, the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Murder Mystery Night Podcast. Our art is by Stephen T. Evans. Our music is by Max Lazanich. And once again, this has been Murder Mystery Night, the podcast. Everyone has their secrets. What's yours?